0: It's time for Tom Girl with JJ Jurgens, a different
1: breed.
0: Tom Girl. Tom Girl. Welcome to Tom Girl, where we talk all things sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. Today's guest is entrepreneur and adventurer Jolene Vivian. She is the founder of Mills and Maple Insurance Solution, and when she's not running her own business, she's outside adventuring. In this episode, she'll talk about how she's combining her work and adventure and tell us what it's like at some of the greatest outdoor adventure events like the Baja 1000 and King of the Hammers. She's also currently training for the Rebel Rally, the first women's off-road navigation rally in the U.S. Welcome to
1: the show, Jolene. Thank Thank you so much. much. Who had a like bubble in my throat? Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, JJ, this has been like in the makes for I don't know how long.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I would. We met. So we
1: met years ago at
0: a. At a you were working for the Bold and the Beautiful, and they were yeah. having one of their anniversary parties, and we met there, and we just
1: hit it off right away. You know. Yeah, it's actually. Um, I don't know if I can tell the story, but it's actually a funny story because. Um, and I just told it today with a girlfriend, but um so when I saw you I thought you were someone completely different and it was like a situation that happened at a previous like anniversary party and so I go up to you and I do this like thing with our like top buns and you're like that wasn't me and I was like Oh, okay <laughs> but like it turned out to be like the perfect connections from there on we were like totally connected through social media and here we are today yeah. um so yeah it was super cool
0: I know it was great because we never knew each other before. Both working for the same show, we just weren't in the same areas of the building and everything, or you yeah. probably off-site. So yeah, it was so, it was so fun. And then I've of course just followed you ever since, and on social media, and just you're just doing all these amazing adventures and I just love it I just love everything that I'm like yeah. I can't wait to get her on this show because I want to pick your brain yeah. about all yeah. these awesome events you go to and how you make it all happen and you know I want to first start talking about your business because when I met you were like I said working with the Bold and the Beautiful yeah. and then you've since then now started your own business and you're off on your own so kind of tell me about your professional journey and how you have kind of landed where you are now.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because obviously I'm in the insurance world, which is not sexy. It's not something that someone just like wakes up and wants to pursue. Um, but I, through the bold and the beautiful, so we actually managed their benefit package for like the admin and the production staff. Um, and through that time I was actually working for someone else. So, um, He brought me on as partner. I'm going to give you like the really like short version of it because it's a really long story. Uh, But I started working with him um, when I was actually in high school. And so through the years and just kind of learning the business and him mentoring me, which was beautiful, um, Bold and the Beautiful was actually still is like one of my longtime clients. And um, so I got to actually learn through them, you know, standing up and giving presentations (laughs) like they're like my family now. Um, yeah, so I, my business partner at the time, he needed to retire a little bit early and through the course of, um, going through the motions of getting pitches from bigger companies, I learned like, Hey, I don't want to work for someone else. Um, I want my own company. Um, I want the freedom. It wasn't about the money. It was about the freedom because at that point I was already adventuring and wanting to get out there and like explore the world. And so um one day I came home. I had a contract from one of the guys that wanted to buy our company. And I told my husband, I said, you know, I really don't want to work for these people. You know, I'm not going any names and like <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to work for anybody else. And um, you know, here's the contract, yada yada, yada. He actually helped me go through the contract and he's like, I was literally sitting on the bed in my underwear, like, you know, top, and we're like going through it and he's like, Jolene, you could buy the company. Like you could buy this company and make it your own. And I was like, Uh so from there, it just was like this super hard, really gnarly experience of buying a company and then relaunching it on my own. So I started Mills and Maple in 2019, which was only literally one year right before the pandemic. So Right as I was getting my feet off the ground, the pandemic hits, which was like a whole whirlwind, right? Um, But through it all, it was interesting because, like I said, I had already had this bug for adventure, right? And um, there's so much that you learn from being just out there in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. that, you know, nobody to help you. You're kind of on your own, nobody to lean on. And there's so many times where I'm like, oh my God. I can do this. Like I know what this feels like just in a different context, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a beautiful journey, but um, I'm really fortunate to be able to weave into my company my love for, for the outdoors, obviously. I
0: mean. <laughs> I said you win for the most perfect like background in office. <laughs> gorgeous. I love the neon sign in the back, but yeah, I, 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 and I think that for someone that doesn't know a lot about your industry too, I just, from the outside really appreciate that. It's, I look at your page and your website and I'm like, this looks inviting. And it like, my adventure spirit is like, okay, yeah, I want benefits
1: from her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love and, you how know, you
0: weave that in there. I think
1: at the end of the day, like no matter what industry you're in, people, the end user, whoever that is, wants a human experience, right? You could be like the most successful, um, you know, CEO of this huge corporation, but when you sit across from someone, you want a human experience, especially when it's something personal like health insurance or, you know, life insurance. like there's some gnarly situations that people go through, especially in our healthcare industry, you know, just dealing with the system in general, when you're already not feeling well, or going through something super heavy, that you, you need someone that's like, hey, look, I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been through stuff too, you know, we're human, and we're going to help you through it. And I think it really resonates with a lot of people. So now who are your clients primarily? Or who do you work
0: with? And what do you do for them?
1: So generally, I would say 90% of my clients are in the entertainment business. So we work predominantly with um, production companies, business managers, so people that work directly with like producers and um, TV, movie, things like that. So not only is it, you know, insurance on its own, but insurance with like really cool people. I mean, creatives, it's, it's super cool. Yeah.
0: And what are some of the things that along this journey of like, from saying, okay, I'm going to buy this business. Like, yes. I mean, how did you go about this? What are things you learned? What are tips? What are things you would tell people to Ooh. avoid?
1: Well, so I did not go to school for business, right? Like I literally straight out of high school started in this industry. So I did go to community college, obviously. And, you know, you learn your basics, but all of a sudden you can't into this huge situation. And I kind of had to learn like dog pedal along the way um again leaning on my like own personal like I really rely on myself um it's kind of unique a lot of like I know I'm get'm I'm, I'm fortunate in the way that I really rely on myself and I trust myself um which comes from a lot of the situations that i've I've fallen into quite literally right <laughs> um but you know like there was a time where I can remember it was like three months in, you know, you're signing contracts. You don't have anybody really to lean on. You're just kind of figuring it out and trusting that, you know, what you're doing, right. Cause fundamentally and and at your core, you already have the capability to do it. And I remember just my, I have a, a gal that handles like all my operations. She came in and she's like, so it was all about money. Right. And I was like, why did I do this? Oh my God. Like I can't, I just can't do it. And she's like, stop, come back to center, like just breathe. And I think circling back to, you know, I think I've built up this internal resilience from just being out in the middle of nowhere, being on a trail that maybe, you know, for example, like one of my biggest, um, I would say, um, adventures that I really overcame a lot internally was climbing Half Dome. So I can remember literally being on the side of you know you're on like this big granite I just wanted to stop I wanted to quit I was like this is too hard it's you know what am I doing up here I can like fall to my death or you know mm-hmm. I start crying hyperventilating like completely losing my shit you know and I was like oh. and then I turn around my husband's right behind me and he's like Mm-mm. <sighs> you got this. Like, you're almost there. Like literally, if you stop right now, you're going to be so mad at yourself. And I was like, okay, I got this. And it just got really quiet. And I was like, seriously, like what? Like, of course I do. You know, and I got up to the top and I was just like, so proud of myself and like, oh, you know, and it was, it's those moments where you lean on in business or I lean on. And I think it's, it's something that I want to kind of instill in other people. That you know, getting out there and just doing hard things reminds you and mm-hmm. like your business or your, or your company or work that you can really do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's such a great story. I like, I love that
0: adventuring teaches us things like that, or oh, you know, puts oh us my. in those moments. Yeah, so let's get into the adventure
1: a little bit. <laughs> Is there anything more you want to think about your business or anything? Um, um, you know, no, I just I'm super passionate about it. I think just one thing that I will say is, you know, you don't have to have two separate lives. I think what I've really made it a point to do when I started Mills and Maple was to weave in that passion and that like adventurous spirit and not to lose it. So no matter what I'm doing, you know, so just because it's insurance doesn't mean, you know, I can't meet clients on the trail. I I go walking with them and, you know, or I tell them stories or like I'm always circling it back to that so that I'm constantly weaving them both together, if that makes sense, you yeah. know, instead of like, oh, I'm at work. Oh, I'm outside. It's like, I can actually do it all, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Make you enjoy both of them probably even more, you know, yeah. together. Yeah. Well, and you were also- a little bit ahead of your time with the pandemic, with where during the pandemic a lot of people were, you know, quitting their jobs and wanting to find the balance like you yeah. kind of were looking for before when you said you didn't want to work for somebody, you wanted to be on your own, have control, yeah, have your freedom, you know. So I think a lot of people listening might you might give them the courage. To go yeah, after and yeah.
1: totally. And I think that you know we think all of a sudden that we're in a box, you know. So like work. Now it is especially, and I think it's a beautiful thing that all of a sudden employers are realizing, hey, a lot of what you're doing here in the office for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, you can do from anywhere, right? And I think that's one really silver lining that we've kind of overcome through the pandemic is like, life is about living. You're not, you know, you're not meant to be crammed into a dark office for most of your life. And just, you know, wishing that you could be out there and exploring, like you can actually do both. Like my, one of my um, goals, which it's still kind of one of those goals that, you know, sometimes you have to keep moving forward. (laughs) But um, eventually I want to create, you know, whether it's a sprinter or some type of um, nice mobile office and have it be like off-road capable, Wi-Fi secure, and get to literally go wherever I want and have an office and, you know, have like, just open up the back, have like some beautiful red rock behind me, be on Zoom and like also inspire other people, right? So yeah. when you're talking with clients, it's like, I could be like, oh yeah, your deductible is, you know, $1,200. I could be like, hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. I'm in this beautiful place. And, you know, if you really spent time doing things that you love, I think it does affect your health, oh, right? Oh, for if sure, are, Yeah in a better place, you know, just mentally. I mean, we all go through really heavy stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the outdoors have like saved me like constantly. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's amazing how therapeutic and just how great it is for your soul. You know, you're saying it's like, yeah. When you're working hours upon hours, like our society, like teaches all like, that's the right thing to do. Right. That's our, we're gotta, we gotta work. We gotta make money. We gotta right. re- elevate in a company or so, but it's like, wait, no, there's so, so much to life and so much out there to see. And it's like hard to see that on your two weeks vacation or whatever you get from your day right. job.
1: <laughs> right. And I think teaching other people too also teaches them that it's okay to have boundaries. So like, you know, I will tell my clients, like, hey, Friday, I'm off the grid, you know, I'm gonna be in Baja. And they're like, oh my God, tell us about it when you get back, you know? And it's like this really cool synergy between between me kind of and I've had actual I've had clients tell me, like, hey, you kind of inspired me to like let loose a little bit and you know create balance in my life because I was working until eight o'clock at night and I could just, you know, create those boundaries because we think we have to satisfy other people's needs always. I'm not saying that you know, your job or or your career or your business shouldn't be a priority, but also your life should be like, you don't want to be 80 years old, look back and be like, Oh, cool. I sat at a desk all my life and didn't take hold of that, you know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
0: I like them in through you. Cause I'm like, Oh, she's got it down. I got, I got to get on board. Remember
1: I'm like, Jolena, can I be a third wheel? <laughs> yeah. I know some of my friends are like, hey, can you adopt me? But you know, I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of work that goes behind it. Right. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta be willing to work for it too. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about like
0: some of your best adventures. Some the, I know you have some great toys. Um, let, let's start with some of your
1: favorite adventures you've been on. Okay. I think, so one thing I did want to share, so obviously a lifestyle, when you create like a habit or a lifestyle, it doesn't just happen overnight, right? You're like not all of a sudden like doing all these things. It's kind of, it takes time and, um and it takes some acclimation and like whether you have an adventure buddy or your spouse or your friend. So I have a really cool story that I think kind of set like the whole tone for all of this and it it gave us the bug. So um, it was, uh, 2016, I think. And my husband had gifted me a um, GoPro and he's like, Hey, I got this GoPro. I think it'd be really fun. Cause we would do like little things here and there, but nothing like too crazy. Um, and I was like, cool. And so it was a uh, president's weekend or president's Day weekend, which is Valentine's day weekend. It kind of like overlapped and like it was like a Thursday or Friday I don't know don't quote me on that but it was like leading up to the weekend he's like hey what if we go to Sedona and I had just gotten a jeep around that time my first jeep and um, I'm like okay and then we had no plans we had no like I we had one sleeping bag um a jeep a pillow melatonin wine and pb and (laughs) j's And we like hit the road, you know, three, four in the morning, the sun hadn't come up yet. We had our GoPro and on the way there, I was like mapping out. I was like, okay, we had our iPad and I was like mapping out kind of where we were going to end up, uh, what we were going to do, where we we're going to stay. And it was president's day weekend. So no hotels. So like we had to stay in the Jeep, which we already kind of anticipated. We're like, okay, cool. So I mapped out, I um, think it's Schnibley Road in Sedona. It's this really rocky road that goes all the way down into the city from the top, from like um, Coco Nino National Park goes down. So I was like, oh, cool. And mind you, I don't know anything about this area yet, right? I'm kind of like, oh, this sounds good. I'm looking up on like different um, online forums and, you know, all the things leading into when we're driving to Arizona and um so my husband junior he's like yeah yeah that sounds cool that sounds cool it's like yeah so there's this little spot and it's like open land we can kind of park there camp overnight it's like okay cool all right so that's a long drive okay <laughs> And it's february so it's cold we get there our plan that road was shut down and i was like and it's already dark by the time we get there because we did a, a U-turn. i mean we did a, a detour to the grand canyon of course um which i'm all about detours like i mean you find the coolest things when you're like detoured lost and you just kind of okay. get into it but um so yeah so we get there road is closed and i was like oh crap okay so and it's getting late now And we're like, let's just, and I was kind of getting antsy, you know, because you get this like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? Where are we going to stay? Are we going to be homeless? Like, uh, Your life's (laughs) going to end at that moment. And then my husband, oh my God, bless him. He's like such a, an even, like, he does not deviate. He's just like, it's cool. We're fine. Let's just go have some pizza. So we had pizza, um, probably some beers. And then I was asking, we were like walking through the little town. If you've been to Sedona, it's like a really nice little um, super cool town. And there was this guy and he's like, Hey, do you guys want to do a helicopter tour tomorrow? And I'm like, no. And I was like, Hey, actually, can you tell us where we can park just like an open land and camp? And he's like, Oh yeah. So he hand draws us this like super sketchy map. Right. And I'm like, okay, we're going to try to read this, but he had like really big um, landmarks on it. And he's like, yeah, just get there. Just keep driving. He's like, if you think you've driven too far, keep going. I was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) we do. We follow his, um, we follow the the map and we get to this super sketchy area, pitch dark. There's nobody there. It was way too far off this, like little beaten path, um, freezing. It must've been like, at least 30 degrees, which when you're in a you know a Jeep, so it's like no insulation. You're you're out there. It's as close as you could get to camping without actually camping. <laughs> um one sleeping bag, remember? So we had that one sleeping bag over us and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so cold. My husband's like, just keep drinking your wine. And we took the melatonin of course. That's like a given when you're camping. <laughs> um, so anyway, we wake up in the morning and it was outrageous I mean middle of nowhere nobody's around us it's dry camping you know primitive so there's there's no services it's just um uh, public land beautiful red rocks and I was like that was so worth that anxiety of like not knowing what was going to happen
0: yeah um
1: and from there ever since then we've been like cool and we actually kind of leaned on that um just kind of picking up and going spirit, and it's really served us well. Like for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a way to roll with it. Yeah, because if you had panicked and
0: left, you never would have woke up and gotten that amazing view and experience.
1: Right. Or if we just like gave in and we're like, oh, let's just try to get a really expensive hotel, or like you know, because a lot yeah. of people would do that. A lot of people would be like, oh my god, this is too much. Like, I don't know where I'm at. Um. I kind of lean into that. So at first, of course, getting that anxious. I'm, you know, I'm not always just a totally like chill person. <laughs> you know, there is. I'm always like, wow, what can happen? Because I'm a very internal processor. So I'm like constantly weighing like the risk and reward here. You know, Um, and thankfully, my adventure buddy is my husband, and he's like, we're fine, we're safe. You know, we have what we need. We worst case scenario, we always have a worst case scenario, which could be a Walmart parking lot. (laughs) There's always a worst case, but I would say nine times out of 10, it's been the best case scenario. If you just kind of lean into it. Yeah.
0: How great that you guys have found that that is you're able to do that together
1: and go on these adventures. It really is. Yeah. And I know that's like a big gift, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So tell me about some of the others Now, I want to hear. I've always wanted to go to the Baja 1000. So I want to hear about that and the King of the Hammers.
1: Okay. So Baja 1000 was actually my introduction um, to going to these off-road um, races, which again, I'm kind of an addictive person. I guess you're going to find this, like um, this. Uh, there's going to be a commonality in these stories, but if I experience something and it it like sets a fire in me, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I want more, you know? So one year our friend invited us. um, So we had been to Baja a few times, right? Like I'm very comfortable in Mexico. I love it. Um, My husband is, is Mexican, so he speaks Spanish. So I have that like luxury of having someone that's fluent in Spanish. So it's like a really good dynamic. Um, so one year our friend was like, Hey, our buddy's going to be in the race. So he was going to be racing, um, a spec truck and they were going to go down there all together. And they're like, Hey, do you guys want to go? And my husband's like, yes. Cause he has followed, um, you know, Baja racing forever. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> First of all, November is like fourth quarter. It is my most Heavy time of year. I'm like working 12 hours a day because I do work really hard when I'm not even <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> Let's, you know, get that straight. And um, and then he's like, no, but I think it'll be worth it. Like you can work on the road, and then you know, at that time I didn't have international, so I like cut off right when we hit um the border. So we go down there for this race, right? And we end up following it with our friends through like some sketchy off-road, like you know, streets and the back roads down to um Valley of Trinidad. And this whole time I'm like, I have this like giddy excitement in me. Like I'm, you know, 10 years old again, like on the back of like somebody's bike, just like, oh my God. Literally there's pictures out there of me like sticking my head out the window down like these one um lane highways. And I was like, this is so rad because the difference between going to a race here in the States, like um, King of the Hammers versus going to these in Baja, there's very little rules in Baja as far as like the um, spectators. Here you have like two areas that you could go and, you know, you have to be like a thousand feet from like the actual race, um, the raceway there. You can literally, some people do it and I don't advise it, but you can like lay on the dirt road and they will like go over you. Don't do that. I would not (laughs) like, don't, but there's some locals that will just do crazy things. Right. So this like super excited feeling, I'm like, wow, these trucks are just like jamming past us at like hundred miles an hour off road, like jumping. Um, and you're in Baja, like what better way You're, you're eating the best fish drinking, you know, great beer, having nice tequila shots. Like, It was like the most fun I've had in so long. And going back to like, it was a moment where I was like, you know what? I almost didn't do this because of my inbox or of all these things that I had to get done, which are still going to be there for me Monday, Mm -hmm. you know? And after that, I was just like, oh yeah. So we've actually, after the Baja 1000, um, just my husband and I have been going back for almost all the races. Did you, have you always been into racing or did you grow up liking that kind of those events or did you just get into it now? Um, you know, I did grow up kind of like, you know, similar to, I grew up kind of a tomboy. Like I did all the fishing, I camped, I loved being in the outdoors. I loved like the smell of just like the quietness that like feeling, but I don't think I ever got into like off-road racing, motorcycles. Um, none of that until probably like in the past five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you so have that, your
0: own bike too, right? I know, I know you mountain bike, but you have motorcycle as well. Don't you?
1: I do. So, um, I have a Ducati cafe racer, which is like my baby. <laughs> um, excuse me. She's kind of sad right now because, um, because of just so much going on and so many other options I haven't ridden for a while. So the battery died, which is just heartbreaking, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So the motorcycle was something that, um, my husband had always, he had ridden motorcycles before he's had them and he always wanted me to get on the back of his motorcycle. Right. I'm like, hell no. Like, I don't trust, I have such a trust. Like I want to be in control. If I'm not in control, I mean, you should see me on an airplane. I'm <laughs> I'm not flying the plane. I don't trust anybody. Um, so I never got on the back of it. And flash forward, he ended up getting a new motorcycle. So he ended up getting a uh, Ducati as well. And this new cafe racer was coming out, and he's like, Joe, which most people call me Joe. Joe, this is the bike for you, right? And I was like, it is. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a bike for me. Like it totally is. So um, and then simultaneously, like around that same time, I had two other girlfriends and we wanted to start like this motorcycle gang, right? None of us had, had license yet. Like. <laughs> um, but through that, like, you know, powerful, like inter- exchange with my girlfriends, we ended up doing, um, so in Camarillo at the airport, they used to do this like training class. So you could go there, learn from a professional, how to, how to ride a motorcycle, um, before you got your license. And it kind of, it, it helped you get your license because it was through the CHP. Mm-hmm. So we did that together and it fed my brain. So I'm very technical. So I want to know A to Z, how something works, like to the point of with the motorcycle. Um, I had to watch a YouTube video to learn, to watch somebody take the motorcycle apart. Put it together to see how, like, my relationship to, like, when I was shifting, when I was breaking, like, what was happening? I don't advise anybody doing that, but it's a very long process. So, anyway, this motorcycle taught me so much because I was thinking so much about the inner workings of the motorcycle that I wasn't enjoying it. So, for the first, like, I don't know, I would say five months or so. So, it was me. Yeah, it was a few months. I like couldn't get into it. I was like thinking like, when do I, you know, I kept asking my husband, well, how do I know when to shift? Like, how do I know? He's like, you're just going to know. You have to just be calm. You have to like feel the motorcycle. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, (laughs) it's not a horse. It's not going to like, you know, talk to me. Um, And then I ended up through that experience doing, which I think um, you're aware of like the, um, babes in the dirt. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did, um, a babes ride, babes ride out to Joshua tree, just got this motorcycle. I don't know what I'm doing. And if you know anything about motorcycles, so mine is like a bare front. There's no, there's nothing to reflect the, um, the wind, so, you're in it, but you're like, ooh, you're, you're like really in the wind. You feel everything. It's not a cruiser. You're not supposed to go, you know, 200 and something miles on it. Um, but I did. And <laughs> I arrived there and I literally got off my bike and I was like, people are talking to me. I was like, I just need like five or 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> I need to come back down to earth because I'm like vibrating away. Right. But, um, But yeah, that motorcycle has taught me, oh man, because it doesn't lie, right? You have to be so present and, and, and you can't think about anything. You can't think about work. You can't think about issues, problems, like your to-do list. If you're not there physically and mentally, you're, you know, it's not a good. Yeah, it's not pretty. how (laughs)
0: how brave of you right away to go you know go out to the babes right out to joshua tree what
1: motivated you to do that oh man um i'm one of those people so if someone offers up like a really cool experience i will be scared as hell but i'll do it like i will cannonball in because i i like chase that i want to learn i want to like experience stuff. I'm an only child, so I'm okay with like being alone. I actually love being alone. Um it's where you know I just and there's something about like when someone was like yeah we're gonna do babes right out and it's you know all the way to Joshua Tree and all this stuff and I was like think of the potential like there's so much right and these women are phenomenal. I mean there's something powerful about Um, You know, because a lot of this stuff, right? We as females, it's not necessarily a gender sport or a gender thing, but naturally there's more of one gender than the other, right? And motorcycle is one of those. A lot of the things that we do are like, you know, a man's world, if you will, Mm -hmm. business. Like, um, and there is something about knowing that like 3,000 women were going to ride into, you know, Joshua Tree of all places. And they were all gonna get there somehow, some way on any type of motorcycle. And I know some of the women that do it and they're just outrageous creatures. So I was like, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, there's those are such for everybody out there, babes ride out if you're into dirt bike or into um regular street biking and then babes in the dirt if you wanna try some dirt biking. They're oh. very fun.
1: Yeah it's like a love bubble, right? Like you get yeah. there and you get to speak to like so many different walks of lives and, but you all have this commonality of like motorcycles or dirt bikes, you know? And yeah. it's fun. Cause
0: you realize you think you're the only one, like with fear or being scared. And then when you're with a bunch of other and everybody's just sharing how they're then you do leave with that. You get through that. Like, Oh yeah, I got this. And we yeah. were scared too. We're all going to get through this together. It's, it's great to overcome fears that way.
1: Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. And you leave there like you leave there on such a high, like any of these type of events, right, where it's like a group of people doesn't have to all be women or doesn't have to all be like anything. But when you're with a group, small or large, that you you come together for like one purpose. So you already take away that barrier of like meeting people. Right. Because you already like you're there together and you have this like commonality and it strips away Um, all the things that you could have opposite of each other so whether it's politics or you know our our world already is so divided that it's so refreshing to go to these type of things no matter what industry or what you're into like to seek out these experiences and just talk to other people and like you know you're like oh my god you're scared of that like I literally like it took me six months to really feel my motorcycle and you'll, you'll find out that's not uncommon, right? Like, especially depending on how your brain works and, yeah. you know, so it's, yeah, I highly recommend doing it yeah. on any level.
0: The other toy that you have, let's talk about your UTV a little bit because I, that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So how'd you get into that and what do you have and where do you go?
1: Ooh, okay. So this is my new, which now talking about my motorcycle, like I want to go home and hug her and like ride her, but <laughs> So we have um we have a Can Am. It's um it's the it's one of the higher levels. I don't know, there's too many letters in it, but it's really fast and it has a lot of power. And um so my husband again, he like gets us into these. So side note, we don't have children, we just have a, like toys and you know, that's where we spend our disposable income. But um, so one day he's like, you know what? I really want to, after going to some dunes with some friends, um, he was like, Hey, we should really get one of these. And I was like, I don't know, like they're, you know, one, they're pricey Two, There's just so much that can happen out in the open road. Right. And you're in dunes or a trail. Um, again, that's my like risk reward brain. <laughs> and he just like, no, I really want it. He worked really hard and got us, um, the can and straight away it, it ignited this thing in me where I was like, oh my gosh, like I was online learning everything I could about like the components again. Um, I right away, I was like, okay, I learned how to strap it down and get the straps perfect and, you know, tie it. So it was, it was, uh, safe. I took so much pride in like, you know, loading it and all the things that most people would just, Kind of rely on whoever else to, to do that for them, and so he was kind of like, oh, this is cool. She's really taking like ownership in this, I think, you know. And um, and I almost like had this like crazy, you know, spark in my eye. And um, so we took it out a couple times. And um, again, it's his, but I've like taken it over, so he has to find a new toy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we took it out a couple times to so, like the lake beds or you know the river beds but most recently, um, we've been taking it to Gorman. So out off the five for somebody that don't know, um, so many trails, I mean, for miles and miles, every level. And I really got into my comfort zone. And I mean, you could go so fast on these, you can go like 60, 80 miles an hour off road, which is insane, by the way, like, don't do that straight away. Um, but through it, it taught me how to like, you know, adapt and just really um, handle really well off-road. And so if you take that spark and then going to these off-road, you know, like Baja 1000, um, we're actually going to San Felipe 250 next week. um, I'm like, have my heart set on racing. Like I really eventually want to race off-road in the Can-Am. Some point in time I'm gonna do it <laughs> I love it yeah, it's so fun, and you've done that too, right? you've gotten to ride yeah, I mean minimal,
0: but I grew up on you know a lake in Nebraska, and we had four wheelers and stuff, so that was my first yeah. and actually how we got our four wheelers and so we went on a trip to Oregon with my grandparents. We drove from Nebraska to Oregon, and there were these huge sand dunes, and my grandpa used to have the gift to gab and you know talk mm-hmm. to everybody and so he like started talking with one of the families that had the four-wheeler. So eventually he comes over and he's like, do you kids, you know, want to ride? And I'm like, yeah, grandpa. So he, you know, got talked with them and they let us. And so we were just hooked. That was like my very yeah. first experience, like going up this big dune in Oregon. And we we're like, ah, oh, you know, I fell in love. And then our parents got us our first four-wheeler for Christmas that year. And so we rode that around the lake forever. Uh, and then being out here, I went to, I found out that Polaris had the Glamis event for Halloween, where you can go out there and like, Test drive, so that's kind of all I've done. I just went like I've probably been there like four years, honestly, just to get to like do the test drive because they let you ride it on the dunes. Yes, yeah, Those yeah. Those famous dunes, if you know, I know you've been, but if people who haven't been there, they're so pretty and so
1: fun to ride oh on. Oh my gosh, yeah, they're it's like being in Mars when you're out there. Um, A funny story, well, not funny, but like a learning moment. I always, it's I'm a very reflective person, so like. Anytime I'm out there doing anything, there's constantly things to learn. Um, and one of the first times we went to Glamis, um, so, you know, you saw it. So for people that haven't been there, you're, there's a, like a highway, right? There's a highway here. So that's how people get into it. But below it, it's all dunes. So you can literally be driving in your just regular car and you can see all these dunes and you can see people riding for the most part until it ends. Um... So my husband had this great idea. He's like, all right, you take the Can-Am. I'll drive the truck with the trailer because we still had to air down to get into the sand and all the stuff. And then we were going to meet up in theory where the camping area was. Okay, great. So um, this is my first time in sand alone. Okay. Which is a whole nother ball game. I mean, sand is if you will think of like the most it's has a mind of its own like it changes constantly and it's it's just so unpredictable so I'm going I feel good all of a sudden I can't see him I was like all right so I'm just gonna go straight all of a sudden I'm on the side of like an embankment and it's all sand going down and I don't sand is a very specific skill set to like shimmy and navigate or else you're just gonna tumble down I mean you see the videos on YouTube all the time People flip all the time. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not flipping. Like, I'm not going to flip. So I panic. Um, again, flashing back to, you know, half dumb. I always have this moment of like the, you know, Oh shit. Like I went out like someone, like, where's the Snickers commercial? Like, I just wanted to stop, (laughs) uh, get me off this. And I was like, okay, you know, calm your brain you can do this, like you're safe in this like moment. So I have a mantra that I always say, like if I'm feeling like anxious, in this moment, you are fine. I'm like, in this moment, you are fine, you've got this. So I just, and I'm kind of looking around where I kind of want someone to come save me, you know? <laughs> I like, anybody. Um, and then soon enough, I just kind of like feather, I feather, I'm like turning it. I'm like, okay, I'm like sweating, <laughs> just like, oh my God. <laughs> Feather, and then I get down and I get off of it, and I was like shaking, you know, when you get that adrenaline pump. And I was like, nobody saw my moment of like, you know, hallelujah. So then I proceed, and all of a sudden, there's this huge sand bowl. So if anybody's ever, I mean, those take skill as well, because, you know, you have to hit it just right, or else, again, you can tumble. Um, and I was like, what is this back to back? Like, come on. I thought it was just going to be a measly little, like, okay, see you at camp. And uh, so again, I was like, all right. I kind of sat there for a minute though. And I was like, do I go back? Cause I don't know how to maneuver this. Then I just pep talked myself and I saw other people doing it. And I was like, when I just like, like gave it all I had. I like pushed the pedal to the metal, got up the other side, nobody like nobody cares right because everyone's doing the same thing they've been doing all the, their lives they don't know that that was your first time like you know coming yeah, out of the bowl yeah. like, yes, hell yeah. <laughs> um, and my husband's calling me like where are you and he said that when I answered I was like literally sh- like he can feel through the phone like he's like what are you doing where are you and i was like oh my god I just like conquered the bowl and he's like what <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, he's just in the truck, like, yeah. I was like
0: <laughs> he's driving, he's cruising along listening to yeah. some tunes while you're doing all that. Like, you have no idea what it just went through. <laughs> oh, oh. I could just sit here, honestly, and listen to your stories forever. Which I think we might have to do a part two and follow up on some things, get you okay, back. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk before I let you go. I want to, to hear about the rebel rally that you're training for, because yeah. I wasn't familiar with this one. And I looked it up after we talked and I was like, oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. So, um, I actually learned about this through one of the women in, um, from Babes Right Out. Right. So doing events like that, you constantly are in contact with other like-minded people and you learn about all these cool things. So you can't detach from it. It's not a one and done. Right. So, so the Rebel rally is, um, 1400 miles from Lake Tahoe down to Glamis. So we end in Glamis off-road um, yeah, it's a two person team and there's no technology. So you have to do a compass map. You have to map it out every morning and you're camping every night. Um, and it's a rally. So you're not looking to be the fastest person, um, which I like, cause I like technical things. I want to know, like, you know, I want to use my brain and actually like figure out a strategy, you know, and not just like go fast. I mean, going fast is really fun off road, but when you do it safely, you know what you're doing, (laughs) but so the rebel, the rebel rally is going to be phenomenal because we actually have to learn how to do all these skill sets. So, um, this Saturday, actually, um, I'm going out to, to, um, Gorman to do some of the technical things in the Jeep. So it'll be with the Jeep.
0: So how are we going to do, what are you going to do to practice?
1: So this weekend, um, so I don't know if we're going to do it this weekend, but I do have to learn. So we have, um, a lifted Jeep with 37s. Um, uh, the tires are 37. So they're very big. I have to learn how to change those. So I have to make sure that I'm a hundred percent, um, able to sustain our own safety and, you know, off-road there, the rebel rally is going to have like a team that's out there in case something happens, but we have to be able to be completely sustainable on our own just in case. Um, so yeah, I'm going to learn how to change my tire, um, which I haven't done on the Jeep. I could do it in other vehicles, but not the Jeep yet. Um, I'm going to learn, um, just some different maneuvers that I haven't done yet, um, properly. So sometimes when you're doing off, you can like gut it, right. You feel it in your gut, how to do things, but I want to actually technically learn how to do some of these skill Um, you know, so like off canter or maybe like going uphill safely and getting to the other side. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be practicing that this weekend.
0: Oh, so I can't wait. I I gotta have you back after you complete that. Yes, yes, yeah. So to me, the oh, race
1: is it. gonna be, we didn't make it for this year. Um, so I'm just gonna use uh this time to like practice. We're doing a four-day um training session at the end of April. Um, but it's gonna be October 2023 is when I'm actually gonna compete in it.
0: Okay. All right. I'll be calling you up. Afterwards. Yes. There <laughs> Great. What do you have? What are some things that you would tell people who, who want to get out there and adventuring? Is there any like gear that you like? I know you love Jeeps, you know, but anything that you are just like, Oh, you know, you need this or if you're camping, take this, like you said, the melatonin, Yeah, any things like that, that you've learned now being out in the wild outdoors so often that you really your go-to's. Yeah.
1: So I would say, I mean, you, Definitely want a comfortable pillow. I mean, that's, I know it sounds like really basic, but something about I can sleep anywhere as long as like I can get my head on something. Um, I have a squish mellow. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a, a almost like a stuffed animal dog. It's just a head, but it's so squishy and soft and it just works perfectly. Um, so find something comfortable for I think your head to get a good night's rest because typically camping, you're not gonna sleep like you normally do at home. Melatonin, absolutely, because you're out and your body is like all of a sudden really excited to be on, you know, a natural cycle. But you're not used to doing that, so if you're only going for a couple nights, melatonin will help you kind of get on that normal cycle to sleep well and deep. Um, I really love butchcraft, so I don't know if I can say that, but yep, you um, can. You can talk all about that. Yeah, so <laughs> butchcraft is like my go-to um, when we're camping because it has like this, just, I don't know, it's just the flavor of it. It's refreshing. It's kombucha, but a little bit hard. So it gives you like the best of both worlds. Um, and I would say good shoes and being prepared. So depending on where you're going, you could be, like I said, we will go camping anywhere, anytime, figure it out on the road. But I think it's up to you to be prepared for if you're going to, and what type of terrain you're going to be. Um, are there, you know, what type of risks are there going to be? Should you be, should you have, you know, um, bear spray with you? Just certain things that you should be prepared off road and um, and not rely on local people to save you because you could, you know, deplete their resources. Um, and also a way to like pack out what you have. So we have a trasheroo. Which I love because if it gets really goopy and nasty, you could just put it on the back of your um, Jeep and you know drive with it on the outside of your vehicle. But any way to just pack out everything um, and leave places better than you know you got there with because humans can be pretty rude. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got to save these gorgeous places. Oh, yeah, um, we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are absolutely fantastic and such an inspiration. And just congratulations on your business. I'm glad everything's Thank going you. so well, and it's just fun to watch how it's all grown for you over these last few years. That since yeah. we met at the party.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been
0: fun. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I look forward to doing something with you sometime. Yes. Or I'll just, Let's do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you on the trail then.
0: Yes, for sure. We'll f- figure out something well thank you guys all for listening again we'll be here again uh next week you can follow us along at Tom Girl tv on facebook youtube uh twitter instagram everywhere so follow along and you can see you know hear from wonderful people like jolene who just inspire you to get out there and start adventuring thanks goodbye